This is CliffCentral.com. A warm welcome to Leadership Transformation Platform. It's wonderful to be with you, and this is all about multiplying authentic leaders, moving society. Multiply leaders, and movement happens, and that's why we run this weekly Leadership Masterclass. I'm Adrian Grunewald, and with me, Louis Grunewald, the old man. Louis, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be with you. And we're really excited, as always, to run these weekly masterclasses on the internet. So it's there for everyone to see. That's why we can interview all over the world. We've got someone all the way from Sweden today. In a moment, I'll introduce him. But for all things leadership, go to leadershipplatform.com. One word, two Ps in the middle. Um, yeah, our weekly leadership masterclass on Cliff Central. And it runs every Monday, 12 to 1. Uh, it's in South Africa. It's easy. Take a early lunch hour and you can close your office door and be inspired and, and, and certainly educate yourself. On the line, on Skype, we've got Mohamed Maher of Unoya Leadership all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. He and his partner Anna Rosengren will be visiting South Africa early next year and we want to see what they can bring to the table. So I look forward to this conversation. Um, it'll be all about leadership, but he has an interesting background as well and has specialized very strongly in, in, in unique assessment of leaders. So we're going to look at that, but much more as always. So let's welcome Mohamed Maher. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Adrian. Good to have you with us. Um, Mohamed, yeah, I think it's always good you know, to talk a little bit about how you ended up at this place in your life at, at this stage. I mean, a little bit about your background. I know it includes army. It includes lots of studying uh, it includes traveling, at, yeah, I think a couple of interesting points. Maybe you can give us the highlights. Well, uh, I was graduated from the military academy in Cairo in 1990. Uh, three years later, I participated in the United Nations Peacekeeping Force in Sarajevo. Maybe it was too early, a little bit, to be exposed to the, that environment. Uh, different backgrounds, different cultures, stressful situation. But it was a rich experience, and the first thing I, after I came back, I thought about is how can I switch to another career? Mm. And maybe it was a little bit early to think that way, so I continued in my career. I worked as a teacher in the military academy, and it was my first time to be exposed to leadership. Mm. I started to read about leadership because uh, it's part of the military career to start to give this leadership quality to people, but it's difficult, you know, when you try to find a specific definition or something that you can build on. All what we have is just examples from different fields in life. We try to show people that this is how leaders look like, this is how they impacted their environment and so on. Mm. Uh, and then in 2001, I participated again as a military observer in the United Nations mission in Congo. It was another year, maybe we were more than 55 different nationalities. Diversity was interesting for me this time, maybe I became a little bit older, so I was just very, very much into uh, the curiosity of knowing others, how they think, how they live. I loved being in that diverse uh, environment. And actually, this year was a switching point where I started to think seriously, okay, uh, life is very personal, very individual, so what do I really want? I realized that I needed something that can give me like a menu I can select from. 
I studied MBA in Aspen University in Colorado, and going through this material and topics, I stuck in the organization behavior and leadership. I felt like this is a personal message. It had everything that I was questioning about. And then after I finished, I worked in uh, different companies in Egypt. I used different assessment tools. But the third year, I stopped using the, these assessment tools because I realized that we are only assessing the behavior. Mm. And I'm not my behavior. I think we are much deeper than the displayed behavior that we show to others. So I started to think, how can we go deeper than the behavioral level? Because if we assess the behavior, we can only still develop only the behavior. Mm. I reached to something called personal construct. And I started to think, how can we design personal construct that makes sense for us in terms of assessing uh, a complete personality? And uh, consequently, in terms of how can we develop personal quality and leadership quality? It's not about the behavior. It's not leadership skills. It's not communication skills. Mm. We speak about something deeper than that. And after I moved to Sweden in 2014, uh, I joined the uh, MSLS program, Mastery in Strategic Leadership towards Sustainability, and I met with Anna. Uh, Anna Rotzengren was very much into leadership also. We shared the idea of personal construct, because actually at that time I, I was already using this assessment tool and this assessment-based development for several years. So I showed her the statistical analysis, the workshops, the feedback from different companies, so that was maybe a very intuitive discussion on how can we make these things deeper than that and clarify things, consolidate the meanings, even statistically, how can we come up with something really accurate that can be uh, a source of, of, of opening the gate for something new. Mm. Up to this moment, we still rely heavily at the behavioral level. That's why we put too much investment, too much time, too much effort in developing leadership, developing communication, team building. But expectations are always high and results are much less than that. But because we don't have alternatives, so we, see, we try to just get that personal relief. No, it's fine. It's a matter of development. And we started to use this assessment and the feedback was very interesting. When okay. you show people something like how I am personally constructed and what's the personal quality. Okay, so this is how I... I all right. I, uh, this is what we are currently working on. All right, we, we're going to look at that more. Uh, I mean, um, just in terms of positioning you, so, so you've got a strong military background and yeah. uh, not just military, but then those specific missions that you were on. Um, well, actually, since 2010, I'm into leadership consultation. I realized that military background is just something that added to me how the structure of the organization can be identical in different units, but very different in terms of the performance, the culture, although we have the same number of people, same qualifications, same equipment, everything was almost identical. But changing the leader changed everything. Okay, yeah, no, I look forward to, to exploring that a little bit. You've done a good study of it. You've now ended up in Sweden, um, but you've studied in America, Colorado. Uh, you're from Egypt. Uh, yeah. I, I sense quite a lot of diversity in there. Diversity is something that is, I, I believe that it's a nature of life. Even within the same family, diversity has existed. Hmm. 
so we cannot avoid uh, dealing with diversity. But yeah. I think also that the diversity is, is, is a source of, of everything that can bring different contribution. But when we define diversity as a problem, we will deal with diversity as a problem. But when we perceive yeah. diversity the way it is, we will get the best use out of this treasure that is called diversity. Well, I know in theory a lot of leaders say, you know, there's strength in diversity and so on. I've come across a lot of different uh, approaches. In South Africa, we have a leader who's just got his own people in his business, Afrikaners, uh, totally against the grain. They're doing super well. Um, a lot of leaders talk the talk, diversity, that's where the strength lies, but they actually struggle to manage that. And we are going to get there in a few minutes as well. Firstly, I think let's just lay the foundation, uh, your de- definition of leadership. So you've studied it, you've worked with leaders for a long time, you've had interesting diverse exposure, you, you know, come over here in South Africa and do more work here. Just your basic definition of leadership? Well, I would say that the basic definition of leadership is, we can say the leadership is the personal quality that can produce the capacity or that can come up with the capacity to, to size everyone around, to understand the context and to understand the complexity behind the displayed behavior in terms of the organization or people, whatever. So this is leadership. That's why we say leaders create more leaders because they activate others' personal quality. They do not create followers. So, so, so the word quality, just, mm-hmm. just tell me a little bit more about that. So there's quality, I hear, there's context. There's, there's getting the quality of the individual out, then there's getting the quality of someone else out so that I can leverage them, uh, help them achieve their best. But when, when you go, when you talk about quality, just expand a bit. Okay. Well, if you ask me about quality, I would like to speak about the personal construct. So if we imagine that personally we are built on four sequential levels that starts by the first layer, which is the conceptual level, which has, uh, the very personal definition of the world around us, of meanings, of everything. And this conceptual level, it has the perception, it has the values, it has the meaning, it has everything. It is in charge of the second level, which is the motivational level, where we have the motives or the reasons that makes us uh, move towards having a specific action, making a decision, making choices, selecting problems that we solve, seeing things, and then this motivational level takes us to the third level, which is the behavioral level. And this is the first level that we see from each other. Just before you run on, I mean, I'm not making notes. I'm just having the conversation with you. Uh, so mm. I want to make sure I understand. And then the listener will also. So you're saying every individual has a personal construct. And, and the three levels you talk of is conceptual, motivational, and then behavioral. Am I right? Right, right. Okay. So, and, so, so that's, that's interesting. And, and, and conceptual is the deepest. Conceptual is the deepest, and then motivational is the second level that comes from the conceptual level. And then out of the motivational level, we have the display behavior or the behavioral level, which is the daily life practices, what we repeat. Mm -hmm. And then this behavioral level is in charge of our performance in a specific area. And that's where we measure measure it mostly on our, our, our behavioral level or our performance, right? Say again, please. Mostly leaders in today's world in business and so on are measured on that, that level of behavior and performance? Yes, most of us, actually, uh, we've been interviewing different organizational culture and leadership companies, 
in different areas all over the world in the last year. And the interesting part is that they stop at the behavioral level. Mm. And when we stop at the behavioral level, it's very narrow area to develop. We have big opportunity when we go deeper and develop the conceptual level. Okay. The meanings. Yeah. That's when fascinating. We, when, we, when we consolidate the meanings that we carry, because actually the harmony between these four levels that creates the personal quality. And the most critical part is the conceptual level, how we perceive things. Do I define these things in a right way or do I need a reference? For example, if we speak about the market in Sweden, it's a definition. People will have different definitions about the market based on different or their personal uh, experience in this market from success to struggling to different things. But to get the accurate or to consolidate the meaning, you need to go back and to read about the market in the last 10, 15 years or whatever to have that accurate understanding and personal meaning of the market. This is what I mean by personalizing the meanings. Okay, so, so I, I'm interested in so this personal construct because eventually we're going to talk yeah. about your assessment tool and, and your assessment tool touches on these different levels, if I understand yeah. correctly. But before we go there, so, so you're also saying leadership is a very personal thing. So there's no, there's no just one leadership um, method or process. Uh, it's, it's a personal thing. And for me to lead effectively, I must understand, identify or assess my personal construct. So my conceptual side, my motivational side, my behavior side. Um, yes. And that's an interesting distinction for me because we're also talking a lot about authentic leadership. So if I want to understand my authentic self as a leader, I must understand my personal construct, almost my foundation on which I lead. That conceptual yes. side, what is that? Give me an example of – because you're saying that's deeper than my motives, my motivation – uh, well, it's about, it's about perception. It's about how I perceive, how so I define perception. things around me. Okay. Uh, if I would like to say something interesting also to differentiate between these levels, for example, I can give you there is a difference between showing respect and respect. If I'm a leader, I can easily show respect to my team. Hmm. But to respect my team, I have to take it from the conceptual level. So I need to get their individual skills in my understanding. I need to understand their individual skills, the individual uh, contribution to the team, their individual values. So by understanding these things, I get the motive or the reason to engage these people. So at the behavioral level, I will show respect. But this showing respect, when it comes from the conceptual level, it's felt as this something genuine or authentic. So, but so, if I don't have this understanding of mm -hmm. the people around me, mm -hmm. and I just show respect, they, sh they show also respect, and this is mutual behavioral respect. But they feel the reality also. Very interesting. I, I hope I'm, I'm getting this. I think I am. I see the old man shaking his head. And before I go to him, so, so uh, tell me if I'm right or am I simplifying it? I need to really know my people so that, it, so that I can solidify my perception of them in a way. So that yeah. I can, can legitimize, I mean, the reality of, I, I can show respect to you even if I don't know you. But if I really get to know you, then my perception of you solidifies almost, and then I can, um, when I then treat you with respect, then it's it's much more authentic. Yes, exactly. Because actually, we, we rely heavily on the behavioral level. At the behavioral level, it works well on short-term relationships. But when it comes to team building or to organizational context or family context, no way to avoid long-term relationship. To, we need to feel each other's uh, real or positive contribution in the common area. 
We need to engage people. And I cannot engage someone unless I know their contribution, their skills, their values. So this is how things work behind the display behavior. And then the motivation one, I thought motivation was very deep. Say again, please, this question. Just the motivation level. Just, just explain that to me because you're saying that's the next level. Yes. So the word motive, uh, simply speaking, it's a reason. Uh, if I have a reason to go to my work every day, I go, I go for this reason. If the reason is stronger, I may stay longer and I may do more effort. If I have less reason, the probability of going there is less. If I have no reason, I will not go. So the idea is the clarity of the definition at the conceptual level creates the strength of the motive or the reason at the motivational level to act accordingly when we have the skills. This is just simple explanation. Of course, it's more complex than that, but it's just an example. Uh, one interesting thing that happens at the motivational level, because this level is between the behavioral level and the conceptual level, we also have the feeling at that level. At the motivational so level. Have, yes, exactly. So when we have that harmony between the conceptual level and our daily practices at the behavioral level, this creates positive feeling. And when we have lack of harmony, it creates the negative feeling. So that's why I may put some positive behavior but I don't believe in these people. So that's why I have the negative feeling. So the idea is working or acting or developing things at the conceptual level is less effort and, 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 and the expected results are much greater than just focusing at the behavioral level. So in terms of an iceberg, you would say that um, the, the behavioral level is on, on surface where you can see the tip of the iceberg. The conceptual level and the motivation level are underneath the surface but the conceptual level is more towards the bottom, the bigger, bigger part of the iceberg. That's true. And actually what we see from each other is the behavior, but we do not allow others uh, to have access to our motivational level unless we gain trust. If we trust them and they trust us, at that point we can be open and show people what's, what, what motives do we have, how we feel, which is important. And, and, I, I would, and it's a bit of a chicken egg, I think, because... The truth is I also open up deeper levels of trust when I'm, when I, in faith almost, expose to you my motivations and my, my um, deeper feelings and, and, and everything underneath the surface. So that creates a deeper yes. connection as well. Yes, yes. So these four levels are the personal construct, but we don't stop here. We take these four levels because... They are reflected on eight sequential capacities that creates the leadership capacity. Hmm. So we start by the first capacity we call perceiving the big picture, which is understanding the overall context, seeing things as one picture. And the clarity of the big picture takes us to the next capacity, which is the internal motivation, the capacity to have that internal motivation in a sustainable way. And that takes us to the capacity for planning and organizing and being aware of the logical part, figures, numbers, facts, skills, resources. And that awareness takes us to the capacity for assertiveness. And the assertiveness takes us to the capacity for the displayed character. The displayed character has nothing to do with being a man, a woman, uh, being friendly, being tough. We have seen different examples from different personalities and the common thing that you cannot say that this is the right role model for the leader. But all of them were authentic, as you said. So the displayed character has everything to do with being able to define yourself or your personal quality clearly. 
So when people can interact with you, they can understand your values, your skills, your contribution, your capacity to accept others. So that creates, that makes leaders approachable by the right people. This split character takes us to engaging others. The capacity for engaging others is the way that takes us to the capacity of working towards achieving results. Mm. Achieving results, which is the actual implementation of planning and organizing, where we meet setbacks, challenges, barriers. It takes us to the capacity of imagination and creativity. And it's a matter of ownership. Creativity is a need. If I'm the owner of this vision, I will have the need to create a solution to approach my vision. And imagination and creativity goes back to update the big picture. So it's just like a cycle. Sure. So, so these are, I'm listening very carefully. There's, there's quite a value chain there. So, but, but in the end, it all starts with underneath the surface, the conceptual, the motivational side. And, and all of that, those are almost the roots that take yes. you all the way up to the character and, yes. and engagement and all that. Yeah. Louis, um, you've been writing down notes frantically, your, your, your comments on, on uh, what my There is one, one thing interesting that Anna and me was agreeing on that it's easy to copy the behavior, so that's why it's easy to develop the behavior. But it's very difficult. You cannot copy the attitude or the personal quality, but you must build them. And it's a matter of building something through a map. So without having this map, without having the assessment that makes uh, the personal construct clear for the individual or participant, it's very difficult to just develop people at the behavioral level and try to make them act in a way that is not theirs. So, so I'm on a leadership program. I'm a young manager. And, and then the, the lecturer tells me, you know, it's so important for you to be on the floor, to um, enter the office in the morning and walk around and greet everyone and say hi uh, honestly, you know, that's made a difference in my life. Uh, I've seen mm-hmm. how top leaders that have done that and, and remain on the floor, uh, connected with a salesperson, uh, came down from the ivory tower. I've seen that it works. And then this young manager yeah. leaves that program and goes to work and starts doing that. Gets there earlier in the morning, shakes everyone's hands, say hi to them, make sure he or mm-hmm. she is on the floor. And it looks good. It's behavioral. It's obvious. It's external. Yes. It's exterior. Yeah, this. But but yeah, now this is very nice. you're saying you're saying okay, well that's not a bad thing, of course. But but they will sense something is missing. Yeah, I would say something interesting about what you're saying right now is that this behavior, this is of course positive and nice behavior. It can be accepted and appreciated from one leader, and the same behavior cannot be felt the same by another leader. Although they both have the same behavior, but it was really accepted by their employees in one context, and it was just avoidance in the other context. Because the one leader, something connected below the, the surface on a conceptual level and on a motivational level, and the other yes, leader... Yes, connection simple, is yeah. a very critical word. Yeah. Louis, let's just see what Louis has to say from, from the conversation <coughs> thus far. Uh, Marir, uh, it's, it's always thrilling to follow the, the quest of a person who really has walked the coals of life to understand principles like this. It really is thrilling to us. That's why I'm still involved as an old man. Uh, I appreciate immensely some of the concepts you've mentioned. Unfortunately, uh, each one really discuss, uh, requires far more attention than we can give today. However, um, the fact that you start off by mentioning the concept that uh, you know leaders, 
leadership is far more than behavior as well. Um, so really, all the points you mentioned just confirms all our experience out there where people can sit around the table and, and the behavior can say one thing, but the interpretation of the behavior could be vastly different. So I think this business of understanding uh, the, the, the conceptual level and then moving to the motivational one and then to behavioral one uh, strikes one as reinforcing very strongly the concept of if you want to be authentic, then you have to understand yourself. But isn't it true, Mahir, your point uh, at the beginning you mentioned that leadership is personal and unique. And the more we, we get involved, the less it becomes academic, but the more it becomes personal. And this is, uh, to us, thrilling to discuss somebody that really has gone that path and route to try to understand that better. We appreciate that. Yeah. Mahir, comments on that? Mm-hmm. Did, did you get all that? Not all of that, but can you say the last part, please? Can you say the last part? Mahir, <laughs> what strikes me is your your analysis and your vision of how leadership, yes. how leadership is personal. Um, and, uh, yes. and the more we understand it, the more we avoid the mistake of making uh, judgments um, on the behavioral level. But here, can I just mention that in our country, we've got a serious challenge uh, in terms of the habit of labeling people. You know, and, and this goes back to your lovely explanation of differentiating between um, showing respect and actually respecting people. If we have one sing- yes. single great need, it's for us to stop labeling people and put them into categories. But immediately do that, the conversation stops. And what you're saying is you can't label people. Because it's uh, leadership and relationships are very personal, and you have to understand the, the the construct of the person. So that's that's exciting to us. But now, you would claim then that we could train leaders to do this. So we can train that young manager who decides to start sh- shaking hands and greeting everyone in the morning. We can actually train that individual to become more authentic and to go to the conceptual and the motivational level, all the way up to character. We can do that, can we? Yeah, I think it's it's very recommended that managers at different levels, because uh, leadership is not only when we speak about leadership, some people think that it's only the CEOs or the high-level managers. Everyone is a leader. Even if I'm a small employee, I need to lead my manager, not to mislead my manager by giving the feedback, giving the positive contribution, receiving things. So it's always mutual value exchange. So when we speak about managers, they need to clarify and to be aware of their uh, team members' skills individually, skills, values, contribution, uh, opinions, ideas. They need to build that context, which is a capacity for leaders. And if I have the capacity to have that environment, I can have the space for others' contributions in my team. But showing the behavior is something nice, but it will not work on the long term. So, so my, is my job as a leader to firstly understand my construct, understand myself at the deepest level, and then to make sure I understand the construct of my own people? If I ask leaders a very simple question, what do you think that your team expects from you as a leader? Yeah? Yeah, I would say that my team expects to succeed with me. And succeed is a big word. To succeed in maintaining their values, in feeling fine, in having a vision, 
in in developing themselves, in contributing positively, in getting mutual value exchange, in being respected, in be, being appreciated. So they have a, there is a lot of expectations that we need to be aware of. Yes, but but but, but is it my job to understand if I have six reportees, people reporting to me? I must try mm-hmm. my best to understand each of their individual constructs. Yes, this is very true. Because actually, if we say that the maximum number of, of my team might be from 6 to 10, this is very fine. But I cannot go behind their uh, the, this line and have access to their teams. No. no. But if I can understand their personal construct and I can have the capacity to activate them mm-hmm. and to have the capacity to, to create six leaders... This is just how cultures are created in organizations. It's cascaded down from the leaders down to the smallest employee and it reaches out to the business or to the market where. So, so I, I'm a manager. I'm a leader. I, I, I sit and I listen to this conversation and I think, gee, it makes sense. But, but how do I, what questions do I ask? How do I actually engage my people at a level where I get to understand their construct? I get to understand their perceptions, their motivations. Their, must I bring in an assessment tool? Okay, we have that. We have an assessment tool that, that you can implement, for example, that can help someone understand who they are and that those results can then be shared with the manager or the leader. But as a leader, just, just everyday interaction, I, I guess I have to learn to ask certain questions. I must learn to, to engage my employees at a certain level to, to understand them under the surface. Yes, exactly. Asking certain questions is important. But the problem is sometimes we learn behaviorally how to ask good questions. But people feel negatively because we don't use these answers after that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you get my point? Mm-hmm. I may ask my team, for example, about their skills, their, uh, their understanding or their opinion in something. But if I don't use that anymore, they lose trust. They don't trust me. They feel that there is something wrong. Maybe even if they don't have that awareness, but they cannot deny their feelings. Yeah, so much of this is 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 under the surface relationship type connection. Um, leaders feel I'm doing all the right things, man. I'm nice to my people. I have my one on ones with them. I, I, I I'm, I'm leading, but yet there isn't a deep connection. Yet the response is not um, as intense and as expected by the leader. And you're saying, well, it's because that lack of genuineness, that lack of being yes. me uh, is not Yes, there. lack of being me. Yes. Very, because very being me is, is to achieve a uniqueness, to achieve your uniqueness. I, I believe that there is only one leadership style that is valid, which is your personal leadership style. So the the question is, am I the leadership style that reflects my personal construct or I'm just copying some successful behavior? It will not work. And even if it works, this is not the best out of you. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, tell us about your assessment tool quickly. So, so what does the assessment tool do for the individual? Uh, we assess this personal construct at these four levels and these eight capacities, and we carry out this assessment-based development. So when it comes to assessment, we assess the perception or the conceptual level, the motivational level, the behavioral level, 
And one interesting thing at the behavioral level, sometimes we assess the overuse of something where people put too much uh, focus, effort, energy mm. uh, in some direction at the expense of other areas, and we correlate that with the performance. Uh, when we develop things, we develop this map. We develop this. It's a sort of auditing for the personal construct. So when, when I've gone through this assessment as a leader with you, then, then I will understand... I mean, how intense is it? How complex is it? How how um, uh, detailed yeah. is it? Well, what? the word complexity, we use it when we don't understand something. So we say, yeah, there is a lot of complexity. But uh, let me tell you, for example, in the private sessions when we discuss with leaders, they already know their behavior. But the interesting part, when we connect their behavior with what they call the complexity, which is the motivational level, why they act that way, and then the conceptual level. What do they have in terms of the clarity of the definition? What they have as things that were defined by the environment and what they don't define at all. So, so uh, what, what the thought that just pops through my mind and, and, and there's a, a long argument that says thoughts are not our own. They come from somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I have two leaders sitting in a room, both of them talk quite respectfully on a behavioral level to their teams – but the one actually has a perception deep down that I'm more important than these guys. I'm paid more. Mm-hmm. I drive a nicer car. I have a bigger office. I am more important. And on a conceptual level, perceptional level, you serve me. I don't serve you. But my behavior shows different. My behavior is, is really nice and so on, maybe a bit manipulative in the end, um, versus another leader who actually honestly believes on a perceptional deep level that I am the same as you I'm not better than you at all uh, we are equally important in this team you're saying people will sense that they, they might not fully know that they sense it but they will sense something a difference of course they will sense but the question is how can I make that as a leader how can I really and genuinely make my team feel that they are we are equal correct I cannot fake that I, I can easily display that at the behavioral level and they can easily also show the responsive in the same way at the behavioral level. But this is not the maximum contribution that we can interact with. Now, I'm but interested. If I can make these things genuinely by understanding their contribution by that, in, 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 by that, I would say, consolidated feeling that we are equal, we are uh, expected to have similar contribution. I'm a leader to activate this environment, to create that environment, to activate everyone. So this is how they feel, the positive feeling, okay. and they feel the personal value of contributing in this team. Now, maybe this question is unfair for this conversation, but if, 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 if I'm a leader who thinks on a behavioral level, gee, I, I am doing things right, and, and yet I'm just not getting that deep commitment from my team, and, and, and then I do my personal construct assessment with you, and I find out, gee, was, uh, I'm actually not as authentic as I believe. My, my conceptual level and my motivational level does not connect with my behavior. Um, now, now it's an it's eye-opener for me. Are you saying that in, in what way, in terms of my example, are you going to help me change from being that behaviorally uh, slick, polished leader, conditioned, yeah. uh, conditioned yeah. maybe, leader, yes. to becoming the real yeah, deal? What, what, what do I need mm. to go through? Is it coaching? Um, is it is it is it? I don't know, must I, must I have a near-death experience <laughs> before my, my real self changes? How am I going to change that, make that behavior real and authentic? Uh, are you saying that 
would this assessment help leaders change their behavior from just showing or displaying that positive behavior into something more genuine? Yes. Well, yes, I understand that the assessment is going to highlight to me as a leader or manager that that, that, that my behavior might look good, but, but somehow on a conceptual and motivational level, my motives are not right. My, my, my perceptions are not, mm-hmm. are not good. Now, now my eyes are opened. I now realize, gee whiz, um, this is maybe why I'm not connecting at a deep level with my people. So I, I now turn to you or to whoever else and say, now that I know this, can you help me change? What must happen? What kind of training and intervention must take place for me to become more genuine then? Uh, the word change is, is, is interesting because you said that would that help me change? No, actually, when we speak about leadership quality, we are speaking about the basic thing, the, the thing that should have been existed. So if we are away from the quality, it means that this is the negative change that is happening. So the point is, how can I be back to my basic or original or genuine leadership style? Did you get my point? Yeah, so, so in other words, you're going you're gonna to take the results of that assessment and, and help me to simply lead closer to who I really am. You can't necessarily change... Um, yeah. I don't know. In terms of my example, it's, it's okay. It's just like I give you the the components of the personal construct, and I give you what is uh, what's 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 defined externally by others or by the environment, and needs your personalization for this definition. And what you have in terms of of ownership, you own these definitions. And in terms of which areas that needs your uh, understanding or your attention, that these definitions are important, but you don't you don't have them. And if you don't have them, it means when we screen the environment, I don't see them. We don't see them as a problem. We don't see them as an opportunity. So it's just a matter of uh, uh, of mapping things. And and the interesting part is that the statistical analysis for the personal construct, showing people that uh, where do they need to develop their conceptual level, where do they need a motive or a reason, where do they need to acquire some skills at a behavioral level, and where do they put too much focus so they need just to balance that with other things? Okay, interesting. So, so Why we do that? Mm-hmm. We do that because this leadership quality can create the capacity to size everything in the context, including people, resources, problems, opportunities, co-creating solutions, co-creating uh, definitions co- or co-defining the problems because the word co-creating the future is important. I cannot co-create without others and I cannot engage others unless I have the capacity or the space for their contribution. So, so I guess a part of me, a lot of leadership training um, and growth that's needed out there or the perception is that what's needed, Louis, is that I change my behavior. So I'm, I'm very impatient, yeah. so now I must ch- become a more patient leader. Um, th- that's the one level. The other level is I come across as patient but my people don't sense it, actually. Why? Because at a conceptual level, there's a perception there that's a barrier, that they are sensing yes. uh, my patience is not real. Yes. I'm just simply trying to understand, and maybe I'm missing you. I'm trying to understand, can I take that leader whose behavior seems authentic, can I mm-hmm. help him change so that that does become authentic, so that, in fact, he makes oh. a connection with his perception 
something changes yeah. underneath the surface, and, and therefore I am now genuinely patient. This is true. As long as we can assess something, we can develop that thing. Why we don't develop the, the conceptual level or the personal quality? Because we don't have the ability. Because we don't put too much focus on assessing personal construct. Mm. But we are skillful in developing the behavioral level because we can assess the behavioral level. So it's the same. Of course, we can mm. make that happen when we assess the personal construct, when we show people how they look like. Makes sense. The feedback when, they, when, when leaders speak or when participants speak over the assessment, they said, wow, it's not about development. It's just a mirror. Yeah. Yes, it is a mirror. And something, uh, many things might be much, much easier than we think. But it's just a, maybe a little change can make a dramatic or a big, a little change at the conceptual level can make a big change at the behavioral and performance level. Okay, Louis, you want uh, to say uh, something? I just want to say, Mahi, uh, what you're saying is something very significant. And that is really that uh, traditionally our focus on development, but what you're saying is when a person gets gets insight into the concept we're speaking about here, then actually he takes over his own life in a very important sense. Okay, then he, he's helped to recognize the areas on the conceptual side, motivational side, and, uh, and behavioral side that he can address. But the point is, yes. the trigger is he himself uh, does the change. Yes. And this, I think, is a very important concept, Arjun. We're discovering from many areas that leadership is very personal. So, therefore, we want to develop leaders, but actually the main thing is for leaders to develop themselves by understanding themselves. And you say your analytic tool uh, plays a very important role in people understanding their potential and who they really are. That makes perfect sense to me. I, I must say as an leadership executive leadership coach who functions in that area maybe our perceptions very much like assumptions so i have certain assumptions that inform my behavior and and once you have an a, a destructive assumption and you can put it on the table and the leader realizes if i can change this assumption to be a more liberating assumption then I can actually make a difference in my own behavior. It'll be much more authentic. Then, the, then you can work with yes. the leader on that. You can work with them on that. Yeah, exactly. Because actually what prevents us from acting at the behavioral level, sometimes it's how we feel. I don't feel fine towards my team, but I have to show respect to my team. So, Maher, mm-hmm. let's just move off the, the individual leadership development, shall we say, for a moment, and, and look at cultural uh, just for, for five minutes. Because, uh, you know, the, the cultural element is quite big mm-hmm. in South Africa, I think. It's all over the world. Um, diversity yes. is all over the world. How do we solve seemingly complex cultural problems? I think the first thing you'd say is don't see it as a, as a problem. But how do we do that? I would say that the key is to develop leadership quality. Because if leaders define diversity as a problem, it means that everybody will perceive diversity as a problem. And that means we have to deal with this problem. But if leaders can perceive diversity as a as a as a treasure that is uh, that brings different or new contribution to the team, it means that we will all look for these opportunities for for having different contributions. When we speak about organizational culture, how the culture is formed inside the organization through stories, the daily stories that made that culture that shaped our understanding in terms of diversity, problems, 
opportunities, what should be done, what should not be done, how we should behave. These things are shaped by the daily life stories. So the point is, who formed or who scripted these stories? Leaders. Mm. So by developing leadership quality, we can make different stories. And these stories are real stories. Because if they fake positive stories, they will get fake results. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm going back to our, our, our previous conversation again. Interestingly enough, you've got, again, one leader who says, yeah, diversity is good, folks, and he preaches or she preaches diversity and cultural mm-hmm. differences is a good thing. And, uh, but people just don't seem to connect with what the leader is saying. Then you have another leader who really has a perception deep down inside that it is a good thing, that it is yeah. gold, that it's special. And, and then I have a good egg. Hmm. I have a good example in this. Actually, let me, because uh, because when it comes to diversity, we had an organization as a client and we went through organization, organizational culture analysis because they wanted to have diversity as part of their strategy. And they had a definition, they uh, market for the idea and they make seminars, uh, videos for the CEO speaks about how diversity is important and how uh, these things. When we made, when we carried out this organizational cultural analysis, the definition that they put is different from what people perceive. So it's about understanding how people understand diversity. And when we, when we speak about the definition, what factors support diversity and encourages people that they accept diversity? And what, what other factors that are negatively correlated with diversity? That means that people resist diversity for these reasons. So by understanding these elements, we can manage having diversity in a positive way. All right. So, so just tell us about your tool. How do you get to the bottom of, of, of the, the real culture in a business or uh, understanding how to strengthen diversity, shall we say? Yeah, exactly. Well, organizations just like individuals. We assess also organizations at, four, at these four levels. So we assess the organizational uh, behavior in relation or in terms of the performance. And these two levels are always known by managers, by people who live this organization and live in this organization. But we go deeper, we assess the complexity behind the organizational behavior, which is the feelings, the motivational level. And then we go deeper and we assess the conceptual level, the definitions, the meanings, how people perceive these things, how people perceive diversity, how people perceive their managers, how they interact with each other. Do they show respect? Do they respect? So this, this correlations creates like understanding the DNA of this organization. So you, you actually try and establish the organizational personal construct. Yes. All right. And, and very it's much. It's a living thing. It, it is a living thing. Yes. And, and that makes sense. I don't know why I'm surprised. I thought you have a, like a different tool for, for this whole deal, but, but no, you, you're actually taking the same principles and you're saying mm-hmm. the organization is a living entity. What is its construct? Yes, because actually it's interesting to compare between the leader's attitude and mm. the organizational culture. Yeah, Maybe yeah. leaders, yeah, our CEO has one attitude, very positive attitude, but the culture totally in another direction. So this is, it makes sense when we carry out the same concept for the culture and for people. All right, yeah, there's some, some consistency there. Uh, so therefore I can, as a leader, receive my personal construct feedback of who I am and how I perceive things and what motivates me and my behavior and all the way up to character. Mm-hmm. And and then you can show me the company's construct and we can see what kind of match we have. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, but uh, well, yeah, it's just like giving leadership that access to see their organizational DNA or manual how this organization is operated. What is what's going on behind the organizational behavior? Well, what, what are you finding as you as you match these things out there? Or do you find that uh, leaders are generally speaking a mismatch, or are they a match? Or um, I, I mean, surely I don't know. I, I'm wondering okay. what my perception uh, is. Yeah, I would say that leaders' performance vary a lot. I mean, we have leaders that perform very effectively, making great success. Others are just less than that. Some leaders are struggling with their organizations. So what's where is the key in this? It's just about understanding things. The more we have that leadership quality that can perceive, not see, perceive the, the, the complexity behind the display behavior of their organization that can put that leadership quality, the more we can, or the higher the probability that we can develop them easier. Yeah, th- Did fa- I answer your question? Yeah, fascinating. Louis, comments? It's, uh, I, I, I love the parallel that uh, Mayer draws between treating organization like an individual. It makes perfect sense. If you understand the, the, the organization's construct, yes, yes, then surely uh, that will give you the tools, as Mayer says, to correct it. Makes sense. Okay, we have on the line Robert Lowe, uh, who's, um, who's who's partnered with Mahir and um, and 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 bringing them. Uh, and by the way, Mahir and and let me quickly get his partner's name, Anna Rosengren. They run Unoya Leadership, and um, and the clever man who's decided to bring their expertise into South Africa is Robert Lowe. Robert, you there? Hi, Adrian. Hi, Louis, Maher, and your listeners. Maher, uh, just uh, quickly um, jumping to the side, and then we'll come back to you about your trip to South Africa but, uh, you know, next year. Robert, uh, what, what connected you to, the, to, to these guys, bringing people from Sweden out, other than the fact that you studied your master's degree uh, there as well? But w- what yes. spoke to you? Why, why, That's why, exactly where it started. I had the good fortune of meeting Maher when I was – studying in Stockholm. Mm. And um, and then I moved home to Joburg and I started working as an independent consultant and I started to, to see that we need systemic improvements in many companies. And once we get this systemic improvement, then we can achieve higher economic growth we can leverage our diversity for innovation, but something is needed. I think what's needed is high-quality leadership. What's needed is we need to break through the complexity we see now, and this is why I've organized for Unoya Leadership, Mad and Anna, to come to Johannesburg to give a, a workshop on leading in complexity. Yeah, and... Uh Mayer, that's that's your, I guess not your only specialty, but that's kind of what I hear you saying is to come and simplify individual leadership growth, simplify cultural diversity. Uh, you know, just take away the word complex. Mayer, yeah, I would not say simplifying. I would say just. Uh it's, it's, it's a kind of, I think we can bring that value added to this field by showing or supporting leaders, understanding and making the, the best of that leadership quality on one side 
and understanding their organizational culture on the other side. So by bridging this gap or by connecting these together, I believe that these leaders can make a great impact on their own organizations in terms of how they perform, in terms of accepting uh, or, or in terms of perceiving the market as opportunities and screen, screening the environment in an accurate way that makes them see and feel and perceive everything. Uh, diversity is a must and because life is, is the nature of life is that diversity has existed everywhere even within the same family in the same country everything is the same but we still individually uh, of, of different life stories so how can we uh, use that best of, out of the diversity the point is that we can show people or help leaders by giving them this uh, awareness of their organizational, what they call complexity, is not that complex. It is much easier than that. By seeing things, they always say, oh, I didn't know that. So it's about knowing. And as they say, knowing is seeing. So so I, I, after all is said and, and discussed, mm-hmm. I, I almost want to say that when you say quality leadership, you want to create quality leaders, then it could be perceived as a synonym for authentic leaders? It could be a synonym for authentic leaders, but maybe it's a way, the way to authentic leadership. The way to authentic leadership. Yeah, Robert, do you, do you agree with that? I mean, you've heard yes. us talk about authentic leadership, knowing yourself, knowing yes. your leadership position, morals, values, all those things. Yes, and it's all about that um, that alignment between understanding reasons, motivation, and action. And um, authentic leadership, in my experience, has been about what does it feel like to connect with the person. Um, so, so yes, it all comes together nicely, and I, I think there's a uh, a lot of good work to be done in the field of leadership development, which is why I'm very excited for this upcoming workshop in February. So, so Mayer. He says they, it feels good to connect with somebody. And, and my understanding from our discussion today is I'm not really going to connect with people unless it's on a conceptual level, on a perceptual and maybe motivational level. Yes. But, but is that because that person's perception is the same as my perception? Of course, we always have unique perceptions in life. But it's about perceiving the, 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 the contribution and the positive value added of the other people. It's about how can we create the common area where we have the best mutual value exchange in a team. And it, this is how cultures are built. Because by making these stories real stories based on the concept or the right concept, so this is how culture is just spread along the organization. Yes, yes. and I'd like to add to that. So recently I attended a, an event by the Institute of Directors where they were talking about uh, about operating in moral gray areas uh, in the board of directors and that a support network is needed. And that's true. And I think it's about uh, bringing in the right perspective about uh, working with values, working with uh, w- the value of ethical leadership. So I see that there's a, a mind shift and a change in attitude that's necessary for South Africa to 
reach its full potential. Yes, there are pockets of excellence, but there's also uh, a lot of development to do in our new democracy. Well, Robert Lowe, thank you. And, and uh, of course, Mohamed Maher, thank you so much all the way from Sweden, Stockholm. It's been interesting chatting with you. But, um, Maher, you haven't been to South Africa, so, of course, you have to you know, stop by the bush, you know, there where I spend so much of my time. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I'm from Cairo, and it's in North Africa, and I lived one year in Congo, so I think true. I'm familiar with Africa. <laughs> this is where I belong, basically. <laughs> That's quite true, yeah, but you haven't been to Kruger, yeah. those areas. <laughs> yes, Having... yes but it's interesting always <laughs> to yeah. see new areas and to, to interact with people all over the world. But but having said that, your partner, I guess, um, also needs to be exposed. That's excellent. So, so yeah, good luck in preparing for this. Um, I, I guess, Robert, as you have more and more detail of the, the event, um, you know, you can let us know and we can let listeners and via social media, yes. let people know about the workshop. Yes. And, I uh, can send you a link. Yeah, so, so let's, um, let's stay in touch on that. Mohamed Maher, thank you for joining us all the way from Sweden. And we, we wish you well in uh, trying to create quality leaders by helping them understand their personal constructs and helping organizations function more unitedly, uh, culturally diverse by understanding the organizational construct. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you. All the best. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Louis. Well, that's uh, our Leadership Masterclass for today. Stay tuned for the Business Masterclass. It's great being with you. Uh, technology is not always perfect, but I think a quality conversation, a deep conversation that goes under the surface. And I hope our leaders really got some super value out of that. Louis, your final comments? I agree for the audience. It's exciting to have uh, meet people who have this close affinity to what the me is all about, really. That's it. Thank you for joining us. Join us again next week, every single week, our Leadership Masterclass 12 to 1 um, GMT plus two. Cheers, everyone. This is cliffcentral.com.